Christ. Well, this morning, it would be my privilege to read to you from the book of Philippians, the letter to the church in Philippi. Philippians is located in uh, the back end of your Bible, the back of Paul's letters there. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, I want to really zero in and focus on those last words. His peace will guard your hearts and minds to live in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I'm anxious, it's hard for me to rest. Anyone else like that? When I'm anxious, I can hardly rest at all. Even when I have nothing to do, I find that I always busy myself with a project or work or entertainment, or hobbies. It's hard for me to feel any pleasure in anything fluff. I call it fluff, but I guess what I mean is when I'm anxious, it's hard for me just to sit. I don't even know if it's about anxiety. It's just hard for me to sit. I know this. Anxiety and the pressure to produce is real. That sitting is a waste of our time. Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. Does anybody feel that way? Anybody ever feel guilty when you just sit and not do anything? I know that this is real. And that the anxieties of this season, irregardless of the pressure to produce, that the anxieties of this season are just super real. For many of us, Anxiety is at our doorstep. I want to acknowledge this morning that in a very real way, friends, I see you. I hear you. Not like, I'm not saying this uh, in the uh, hypothetical sense, in the rhetorical sense. No, friend. I won't call you out by name. That would be awkward. But I know. I know what you're going through. And you are carrying a tremendous load. I'll never understand the bizarre reality that something good and something bad can both happen on the same day. Think about it. Every day, somewhere in our world, a new relationship begins at the very same moment that another one ends. Somewhere in the world, at the same time, a splendid rush of excitement is in full bloom simultaneously with a broken heart. 
Think about that. Somewhere, somewhere in our world right now, there's a note being passed from a boy to a girl that says, check yes or no. And at the same moment, there's a note being passed from a girl to a boy that says no. It's happening right now and in more ways than just in silly notes. On the same day, somewhere, a family will mourn a tragedy. And another family is going to rejoice. All of this hardly seems fair. How can such tension exist in a world? How can we find peace amidst such pull and tug of tension? I know this. I know this. It can feel super ridiculous, am I right? To tell a hurting person to not be anxious, but to pray. Especially around the holidays. It can almost feel um, hurtful. Right? It can feel as if we're merely pacifying the moment, searching for something nice to say, and we don't have anything else better to offer, so we just say, I'll be praying for you. That type of prayer that Paul is talking about, though, is different than the type of thoughts and prayers we often hear about that only serve as a mediocre offering of emotional support. On the contrary, Paul, I believe, is teaching us how to fight. So as I talk to you this morning about thoughts and prayers, I want you instead to hear the word fight. Paul is teaching us how to stand up to anxiety, how to live amidst the pull and tug of anxiety, how to fight it with specific tools, not with fist, but with joy and peace. Now that seems like a real dichotomy, right? To look anxiety in the eyes and fight it with joy and peace. Paul's instructions are to hide in the strength of God's character so that we grow up in boldness and confidence in our confrontation of the enemy. It is because of Jesus' death and resurrection that we can rejoice and have peace amidst the daily reality of anxiety and worry. It's because the death and resurrection of Jesus that it makes it possible to fight death and confront a world sped up by sin and brokenness. This type of bold and courageous living, I think that's what we're being called to in the midst of anxiety, is to be bold and courageous. How difficult it is, though, to be bold and courageous when you're fighting anxiety. Jesus helps us with this advice. It's on his lips as he discusses the end time with his disciples. Luke 21, verses 34 through 36. Listen to this. Watch out, Jesus says. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Watch out! Don't let the worries of the day trick you into thinking the only weapon you have to fight is to numb the anxiety with immediate satisfaction. Watch out. 
Watch out now. This world is not going to try to stop you from thinking that time is running out instead of being redeemed. The world will not try to stop you from that. They'll speed you up faster than you can blink. The world will convince us that time only happens once and that it won't last forever. The word that Jesus uses for escape means to flee. But I don't think it means to run away from our problems. How has this looked in the past, Sarah? Um, I think it's looked like this. Um, we, don't like, uh, we don't like church people that drink, chew, or date girls that do. So you can only listen to Christian music. You need to run away from all secular music. You can only wear pleasing clothing, so you need to run away from anything that we deem inappropriate, which is something at the length of fingertips, I think. You can't cut your hair. You can't wear jewelry. Anybody remember these days? Okay. So the way that we flee the anxieties and pressures of the world is we run away from it. That is not the connotation here. The connotation here is not that we would run away from our problems and we would only go to private schools. There's nothing wrong with private schools, but when those tactics are used as ways to run away from the world rather to engage the world with the peace in which God calls us to live into, then they become a problem. I've got a lot of hand movements going on today. I think... Running away is the exact opposite of what Paul means when he says to not be anxious about anything. Instead, pray. I believe, Caleb, that that actually is the cultural interpretation of thoughts and prayers. And that's why there's been a massive attack on the phrase thoughts and prayers is because when we hear that word, what we hear is not reality. We hear just running away from real things. Why don't you engage in justice? Why don't you walk down and stand at the border and help the families that are in trouble instead of saying my thoughts and prayers are with you? What do we hear in that? My thoughts and prayers are I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to stay in my comfortable bubble and I'm going to run away from the problem by actually not being part of the problem. This is not what Paul is saying. Paul is not saying we fight anxiety by not doing anything. When we treat the anxieties of the day, whatever they may be, by running towards distraction, what serves as distractions in our day? How often do we treat the anxieties by quickly distracting ourselves? I wonder if Jesus would have used different words than drunkenness. If he was talking to us today, watch out! Don't spend your life on your smartphone. When we treat the anxieties of the day by running towards distractions and building up a life of excess, then I believe we are running away from the problem rather than facing it. Just to try to put something here, to, it's not all abstract language. I think by self-medicating, whether that be through hobbies, 
our trips to the bar, our taking an extra pill from your prescription. I think that is actually the equivalent of thoughts and prayers. That's running away from your problem. That's not using the God-ordained strength to face it and to fight it. I think it's weakness. And I think it's a weakness and a temptation that I face as well. <laughs> so I'm not here pointing fingers. I'm saying I face that same reality. To self-medicate so I don't have to deal with it. But the real problem the real problem is a world that does not know how to operate in the promises of the Father. And thereby, because they don't know the promises of the Father, they tell us that we are not enough, that you are not good, that you are not safe, and so on and so forth. Friends, have you not heard those words? Do you not say those words to yourself? That is what I think Jesus is telling us to escape from. This is what I think Paul is telling us to guard our hearts from. Run, friend. Run from these lies. Escape from a world that does not know the promises of the Father. Be careful not to treat your anxiety by running to the bright lights of partying, of excess, and of shopping. <laughs> Don't throw anything at me. These all promise to make us feel better. And momentarily they do, but strength, their strength is empty. Yet their demand is eternal. These outside forces, these external realities, these anxieties and worries, they are legitimate. What you're worried about this morning, friend, I hear you. It's legitimate. But they're not the truth hear me? They're not who you are. They're not your calling. They are not the voice that has spoken to you. Do not fight these anxieties and worries with more busy attention. Instead, run towards the voice that knows you. Run towards the voice that has called you. Run to the protection of the Father. Run to refuge. His Peace will guard you. Refuge. The main idea of the word refuge in Hebrew is security. It's most often found in Psalms. The primitive root of uh, refuge is to cover. Happy are all who take cover in God. Psalm 2, 12. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, in whom I take cover, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, Psalm 18.2. How precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of man who take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 36.7. God's cover is like a rock. God's rest is like a shield. God's refuge is like the arms of shelter. Run, Paul says, run to the rock, run to the shield, run to the peaceful arms of Jesus, run to the Lord Christ in prayer and supplication, and he will guard your hearts with peace, the place of refuge, well, its presence. To pray is to actively run to the Lord and let his strength fight for you. 
and take shield underneath the promises of the Lord and let the Lord speak directly to anxieties, calling them lies. Jesus is our shield and safety. Jesus provides joy for the body of believers to rejoice because he fights for us. He is our shield and he is our protection and we can rest in him as he strengthens us. He restores our imagination and leads us beside peaceful waters. It's in the safety of the Father that time does not expire, but instead it opens. It is the anxieties of this world that will tell you time will run out, so have sex with as many people as you can because that day is coming tomorrow where you won't be able to have sex again. So just go spend your body as fastly as you can. Drink all the liquor today because, you know, YOLO. <laughs> what we find, what we find in Jesus that he does not tell us that time ends in the way that culture tells us time ends. Instead, he tells us that time is redeemed and that time opens up in our imaginations. We don't have to think about getting everything done this afternoon by 4.30 p.m. Instead, we can rest. It becomes okay. Why? Because we have trust that God is actively fighting those things that we can identify as wrong. God doesn't need you to fight all the enemies of your life today by 4.30. Friend, God is already doing it because he calls you child. He hides you underneath his wing. He covers you with his presence. He goes before you to correct any injustice. This doesn't mean don't be active to serve those who are fleeing to our country. No, I think we have to be compassionate and careful to anyone that we cross. Anyone at any time, whether someone's crossing the border of Raytown into Lee Summit or they're crossing from Tijuana into San Diego. It doesn't matter what border we're crossing. I think we are called to be careful and compassionate towards others. But friends, if we lose all of our life in anxiety that the president doesn't say something tonight by 5 p.m. or I'm going to lose my crap. I want to encourage you to stop looking for this world for answers and run to the Father who promises that the poor will be cared for. And that where injustice exists, justice will reign. That there's a day coming where someone who has wronged you will be made right in the love of the Lord. There's a day coming where the people that face you and they cannot see you for who you are and they just merely see you as average. Friend, don't you know Hide in the comfort and cover of our Lord who sees you as his grand creation far more than just average. He has plans and purposes for you to prosper and to flourish. And so I think when Paul says, do not worry about anything, but instead through prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God and he will guard your hearts with 
peace beyond your own understanding. What is he saying? Oh, I think Paul is saying as we run to the Lord, the Lord gives us our identity. And our identity is all of the resources of the heaven is for us. All that the Father owns is for us. And he will fight everything that is not in his promise. So all of those lies that tell you that you're not enough, all of those lies that say justice will not be served, I can't I can't explain why evil exists in the world, but I know the promise of the Father is this. It will all be made right. You will be made right. All will be restored. You will be restored. And so this week, as you go and face those things that are real, the stuff that we face in this congregation just in the last week, Lord have mercy, I'm anxious. It's not your job to solve it by tomorrow at 9 a.m., and neither is it mine. So, Lord, here we are. We're going to celebrate Christmas now in Advent, which is all theologically wrong, but there's grace for us. We're going to celebrate Christmas now. In the background, some of our worlds are falling apart. That's not to be laughed at. That's real, and I am so sorry. I hate that. Let's take refuge together. Let's take refuge in the Father who is in active battle right now on your behalf. Can I be patient with you? Can I sit with you? Can I serve you as a resource? You can call me. We can talk. Someone this week said something like, you're busy. I don't want to bother you. You realize you're my job. Someone else will pay the bills around here, right, Dad? I'm here so I can sit with you. If you ever call me, that's it. Everything else gets put on the back burner. You are the priority. Can I sit with you, friend, to remind you who we are in Christ? The Lord is our refuge and our shield. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Pastor Drew.